What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. Today is Friday. May, well, it's Friday night, May 18th, technically, because it's uh, 12.07 a.m. So uh, it's a Friday night podcast, 2013. On a, on a late Friday night, you guys listen to episode 111. And, um, yeah, back on track. So, you know, that's what no traveling and internet working uh, will do. So I got a good show for you guys. Uh, as you can tell from the voice, I am a little under the weather it has been a um, absolutely brutal last three days. Ton of stuff to talk about. I uh, got a great story for you guys, and um, you know, uh, just just some cool shit here to talk about. So, um, got some nicks with the sports, all that, and um, still didn't see a movie, but I saw an older movie that was on TV, and I got into it. But I also have um, also have my opinions about that, and it's a movie that everybody will know. I want to talk about that movie, and I'm also about to see this Broken City movie uh, on demand, depending on when this medicine kicks in after I take it, but I'm not going to take it until after the podcast, because I wouldn't want to do that. As always, the Verzi Effect podcast show is sponsored by Butterfly Radio. Download the free app on your iPhone today. Butterfly Radio is a free app, which allows you to listen to your uh, favorite podcasts that are on Butterfly Radio, and you could send up to a five-minute audio message directly to that podcast, and they can get right back to you personally. And um, So please check that out and download it, and you could also... Register at ButterflyRadio.com to get your own podcasts and uh, multiple podcasts up on there. And Butterfly Radio now allows you to listen to all of your favorite podcasts. So you don't have to, if you're on the phone, you can just go to Butterfly Radio and just listen right from your phone on Butterfly Radio. Um, they got some great podcasts on there. Um, not just a Verzi effect, although I'd recommend that one. Not being biased, but, uh, you know, Joe Mattarese is fixing Joe, Jim Florentine, uh, Jay Moore, Ralphie May. There's just a bunch of great podcasts on there. You could just go and just listen to the podcast. So uh, Butterfly Radio is an awesome app. Please uh, please download it today. Okay, a couple of things. I'll start with my night tonight, and then I will get into this story, and uh, we'll just go. Got a bunch of stuff to talk about, uh, some stuff with the house, just, you know, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a traditional Verzi effect. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy it. To all the new listeners, welcome and thank you for coming aboard. Whoever referred you to my podcast is a smart individual. So pat him on the back after the show and say you were right. And if this one sucks, say hey man, what's the deal? One eleven sucked, and then they'll say no, nah, no, nah, just listen to a couple and then you'll get hooked. But I'm not gonna let one eleven suck. I'm just trying to be honest. You know, maybe I'm a little under the weather and that could hinder it. So I'm just being honest with that. But I won't allow it because I'm a fucking professional, everybody. How about that last one? I didn't curse. I just got a nice F word in right up, right, right up front. First three minutes in. All right, now. Something happened. Well, first of all, I'll get into tonight and then I'll tell you the story. Okay? So I'm going to lure you guys in early in this one. So I did a gig tonight. And I'm not going to mention any names, but I did a gig tonight for an individual who I have to say... Um, is a very professional booker. And when this person books, it is usually very organized. It is usually uh, has a stage, usually has a decent sound system. It usually has a decent, um, you know, seating, you know, set up for people to sit down. And it's usually very conducive to, to what we do as professional comedians. Now, uh, this is not just a, this is just not just for, you know, comedians because I'm sure people um, who just enjoy comedy will understand this, and maybe they've even sat and been a part of this. So, the gig is uh, the gig I'm told to go to tonight was in um, uh, Connecticut, and I got the details. Yeah, you know, arrive at this time, blah blah blah. This is the amount of time you're doing. You know, I knew all my I knew what I was getting paid and all that stuff beforehand. So. I go out, and the Garmin, my uh, my GPS started to, to kind of mess up at the end. Like, it was, like, still leading me the same way, but, like, off just a bit. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I'm like, okay, maybe they did construction, because sometimes that happens, and then it needs to catch up. So, I pull up, and there's a plaza, like a plaza, a little, like, strip mall thing. And I'm looking for this place, and I think it's going to be some private 
thing. And the only thing in this place is a Sears and like uh, one of these like boat shops, which is obviously closed. And then this gigantic sports bar, a gigantic sports bar, okay? And it looks packed and there's people on and there's a million flat screens and there's a ton of people like, oh, there's no way the show's here. So I'm looking around and I see the comedian that I'm working with. Uh, he, he pulled in the parking lot at the same time I'm pr- pulled in the parking lot. And we kind of came up together. And, um, you know, so I see him and I was just like, you got to be shitting me. Like, it, it can't be this sports bar. So we start laughing outside and I'm like, dude. What the fuck? And we were just laughing. He's like, man, this is like old school. Like, this is like, like I felt like we stepped out of a time machine like 10 years ago doing like sports bars and, and shitty, awful gigs in like Jersey and New York. I'm like, what the, what is this, you know? So the guy comes out and he goes, hey, are you, you know, Paul? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, man, yeah, all right, cool. I'm glad you guys are here and welcome. And, and I was like, oh, you know, the show's here. And in my mind, I'm, I'm literally, before I even get in the door, I'm like, fuck. I like I I'm not even kidding around, and, and not that I feel like I'm better than anything, honestly. But you know, you do so much in this business that that is hurtful and painful to you, and, and to to get somewhere else. And you know, and this is like this never happened before with this booker. So I'm just like, all right, well, whatever, we'll see. And I I literally I look around, I'm like, I I want to fucking leave. I can't believe. And then I say to the guy, Oh, is there like a private room upstairs or? Like thinking, okay, this place is gigantic, so maybe you go upstairs and they have like a little 100-seat private thing in case somebody wanted a private party. So I started to feel happy because I looked on the top of the bar and it looked like there could be a space for that. He goes, no, no, we're, we're going uh, to just do this in the regular in the regular bar area. And I mean, it's packed and there's NHL hockey on. and No, but don't worry, you know, we sold tickets and everything. So we go in there and there's a band playing. And it couldn't be, it was the size of a football field, this bar, and it was just loud. Maybe not a football field, but long and big and packed and loud and TVs on. And, I mean, just so not conducive to comedy at all. Like, it, you you were like, what are you going to do? Like, how are you going to? So the band stopped, long story short, the band stops and they clear out the table. There's no stage, you're just standing there. So we were like, are you guys going to at least turn the TVs off? And he's like, yeah. And then I heard him. I saw him walk up to a manager and say, yeah, you're going to turn the TVs off. And they were like, no. And I saw him kind of like trying to deal with that. So what they did is they shut a few TVs off, but they left the main ones at the bar on. And I'm literally standing in the middle of this thing and I'm going, you know something? If this booker wasn't a friend of mine, I would have fucking left. I'm not kidding. I would have just said, you know something? This is the first time I'm ever doing this in my career. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to talk over loud drinking people in a bar. I'm just not going to do it. I've done too much. And the only reason I didn't was because it seemed like the guy running it was a nice guy. And I'm friends. And I, you know, I like the guy that booked it. But I was really fucking like, this is ridiculous that I have to put myself through this shit. You know, and I get up there and I, you know. And we're laughing and joking about it. I literally said to my buddy, I go, I am walking off the stage and leaving. I'm walking out of this fucking place. And he's laughing. And you know what? I did. I just talked to the crowd a lot. And I just kind of was like, you know what? I'll look at this as fine-tuning my improv skills. So I asked a lot of questions. It was a, it was a fundraiser for sports and stuff. So I was asking questions, talking some sports, just shooting the shit. You know, would go into a bit here or there. But I mean, this was like no rules, no bits, really. Just like find your way, talk, talk it out, get to, you know. And I got to say, some things were getting clap breaks and really good and like it wasn't a disaster. I'll get to that story in a second. But, you know, it was just not what it should be. The immediate people in front were listening and paying attention, thank God, and they were receptive. But just a shitty, awful situation. And it was so funny because I walked off and I just was like, I just walked out. I just walked out, went to my car. The nice thing was, it's not far from my house. I was in, you know, it was like not even an hour drive. So I was home nice and early and I got paid. And, uh, you know, it didn't get paid bad, but just... Not doing this shit anymore. Like, it was brutal. So that's how my night was. And I am a little under the weather, but much better today. I mean, I couldn't even do this podcast yesterday. That's how sick I was. Now I'm just, you know, a little congested, a little cold. I was fucked up. All right. So I have a story that I'm going to tell you guys. 
And um, it's a hundred. I'm going to give you a hundred percent, no exaggerations. Everything that went down, everything that happened, and I literally just to show people the ups and downs of this business and how amazing this business can be, how brutal this business can be, and and to to anybody in it. And you know, a great a great man and friend and comedian told me that this business owes doesn't owe anybody anything, and. Uh, you know, you could just see that, and it's and it's a hundred percent true. Uh, actually, you know, somebody said something. I don't want to get really too deep on this when I'm about to go into a story about you know doing stand up or whatever. But I was talking to um, somebody in my family, and they were like, "Yeah, like this life doesn't owe you anything either. Like when hard times come, you know, it, it doesn't owe you anything." And and he was talking about that um, that storm that hit Jersey Sandy or whatever that hit Jersey, and. It almost screwed his screwed up his daughter's wedding, and uh, luckily, you know, luckily last minute, like the power came on like the day before or the day after, or they had to switch venues, and like he was telling his daughter, like this life doesn't owe you anything, like that happens, like it's not like oh you know poor me this and that, and uh, it's the same thing with comedy. So this is an amazing story, um, and it's something that if I ever was to write a book. Okay, so I'm giving you guys something that, I mean, this will definitely go in the journal. Well, I guess my journal now is my podcast, um, which I need to start listening to because uh, a lot of people ask me, do I listen to the podcast? I really don't sometimes. Sometimes I listen just to make sure that like the sound is okay or that it's on, but I really don't. And um, my friends in comedy, my close friends in comedy who have podcasts are like, dude, you got to listen to it. Um, sometimes I'll listen back. I know like if I say something funny and I'm like, man, that could be a bit or something on stage, but I really don't. I usually just talk shit to you guys for, you know, 45 to an hour and then I, I shut it down and then I open it back up next week and uh, I go about my, um, you know, my week in between, but, um, I am going to start listening more, but this is something that is, um, is, uh, you know, the worst, one of the worst days and, um, most you know, awful days and, and one of the greatest all in, in the same time. So, um, what happened is I got asked to do uh, levity live, which is, um, an amazing club. I've talked about it many times in the podcast. It's located, uh, on the top floor of the Palisades mall in West Nyack, New York. And it's, um, it's beautiful. You walk in, it's almost a 400 seater. It's, I mean, the stage is magnificent. The whole, everything is just incredible. You can do an HBO special there and it's literally, it's almost like they have this mini beautiful theater on the top of the mall. It's it's incredible. And, um, I, you know, great acts go in there and, and they've been great to me and, and it's a great place. So what they said to me was um, the night that I headlined there on the 9th of May, which was a phenomenal night, they said, hey, what are you doing on Wednesday? What are you doing on Wednesday um, the 15th? And I said, well... I said, um, I have a really big audition. There's an audition that's, you know, really big, big for my career. I have that. Um, but that's not until like nine o'clock at night. And um, what, what, why? What's up? They're like, oh, well, we have this kind of private show. And like, they just want to do something at like 530. They're looking for a comedian. It would only be like 10 minutes. And, um, you know, we, you know, we thought of you, you know, uh, I'm not far and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm those guys are great to me. I, you know, they love me and I love them. So I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll be able to run some of my jokes for the audition at nine o'clock at night in the city. I'll be able to run that early up here. So it'll be nice. I'll be fresh on stage, you know, everything like that. So I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, this is a big day for me. So let me just make sure that maybe, maybe getting an early set won't, won't hurt. You know, I'm doing 10 minutes and it's a private party. I'm sure everything will be great. So I get there, I get to levity. And, um, I find out that, um, there is like about 150 people for this private event and everybody there was involved with helping people with mental disabilities, um, mentally challenged, mentally disabled, just, you know, all kinds of, you know, all kinds of disorders mentally. And, you know, so they said, you know, obviously, Paul, you can't tell any jokes. You can't say, you know, don't say the word like, you know, retard retardation anything like that don't you know don't do anything like that. I'm, not, I'm not an idiot i'm a professional i would never do that you know to just tell me what my guidelines are and all i was pretty much told is don't talk about mentally handicapped in any kind of you know bad way fine done also uh if you guys remember that homeless guy with the golden voice from uh, cleveland uh ted williams that guy who does radio he um 
he was there and the guy was looking good in a suit and he had a Kangol hat on and I met him before the show and he was, you know, super nice guy. He was one of the speakers. And so these people were just going to, you know, talk and they were going to, I guess, all, you know, the head of it was going to talk and it was just going to be an hour long thing. And Levity had a plate of like cheese and wings and, and all kinds of like vegetables for them. Just one of those, like everybody in the thing just got a plate of like, and on the plate was like wings and cheese and vegetables and all that stuff. Cause it's real quick. It's just an hour. So they figure since they're doing it at Levity, let's have the comedian go on. And I was like, you know, cool. And I, I was had no problem going on first of the whole thing. I'm the only comic there. So they're just going to basically turn the lights down, you know, bring the screen down, do their uh, little, you know, the, you know, the way comedy clubs bring a screen down and you see like clips of other shows and who's coming up and all that stuff. They bring that down and then, you know, they'll announce me. So I'm in the back. I'm kind of going through my set and I'm like, all right, I got to talk about that homeless dude. Uh, I'll talk about, you know, this place being beautiful in a mall, all the upfront stuff to kind of get these people going, get them, you know, loose up and everything. And uh, and then I'll, I'll go into some jokes and I'll do this. I'll do that. And by the time I get to that, you know, 10 minutes, piece of cake. So, um Oh, and like the theme of this, the theme of what they do, okay, this Rockland County group that, that helps, the theme of the, the evening was not a laughing matter, okay, so I was like, all right, I got to do a line about that, so they call me up, they're like, uh, oh, the, the, the lights go down, and they say, okay, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for blah, blah, and there's like nothing, they just sat down, there was a lot of people in suits, I could tell, I, I, I could sense there was some egos in the room, and um. They're like, all right, well, how about your comic for the night? And um, blah, blah, blah. You've seen him on this. You've seen him on that. They give my course, Paul Verzi. And I go up, and there's not really much clapping. You know, they're just like, oh, whatever. And I go, all right, how's everybody doing? You know, and I do the whole bullshit. You know, I, I knew I had to put on a little, you know, you know, give yourselves a round of applause, all that bullshit that I fucking hate doing. I had to do. So, oh, by the way, there were a couple little kids there. There was like a couple five-year-olds, which I saw. I was never told... Don't be dirty. I was I was never told like. All I was told is don't talk about the mental health and, and kind of keep it clean. But nobody was like like nobody came up to me and said this is forbidden. That's forbidden at all. They just said you know kind of keep it clean, which I am. I'm pretty much am clean. But I didn't know that I shouldn't say anything. So anyway, I get up there, and I go no no you guys could do better than that right? And I start to say this, and then all of a sudden, this black dude in the audience. Just is like, blah, blah, blah. Like, he makes this weird noise and, like, said, like, some cartoon line. I was like, yeah, see, I'm a comedian, too. And I was just like, what, sir? Like, I just was like, wow, that was weird. Like, I didn't even know what to say. I was like, just sit and eat your wings and leave this to me. And, like, the room was like, they were just like, they, they were adults, but they acted like these little, like, they were, like, scared, sitting there, nervous. Like, there were a few people looking at me. And... So I was like, Ted Williams is here. So I just wanted to start getting jokes. So I started talking about the place being in the mall. And things that normally would get like really good laughs were barely getting anything. And now I'm like, holy shit, this is going to be work. So then I had some funny lines, I thought. Like lines that I thought that were definitely funny before and that I laughed at that I was like, that, that should get these people going. So I had a line about Ted Williams, the homeless guy. I go, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Ted Williams is here, you know, you know, give him a round of applause, and they're like clapping, and I was like, you know, I had two emotions when I saw Ted, you know, uh, one good and one bad, the good being that the guy looks like he's doing good for himself, and that's great, I was like, the bad is that, like, he, he looks like he's doing better than me and everybody here, I was like, you know, it's kind of nuts when you look at an ex-homeless, ex-crackhead, and, you know, you got to look at yourself and be like, man, I got to get my act together. You know, I started saying things like that. And a couple people like laughing that like we're getting comedy, but it was like they were all like nervous and tense. So it was like nothing. So now I'm like two minutes in and it's just and I'm all over the place. Like I started eating a dick so hard for 10 minutes that like I was messing up. So then a couple of times and I'm not even kidding. I'm not even going to hide this shit like this was so fucking bad that like. So what I would say was, you know, and I had to do this, which I fucking hate that I did. I hate that I did it, that I was like, you guys do really good. Give yourselves a round of applause. Like, fuck these people. You know, you wanted a comedian there or you asked for a comedian. It was just ridiculous. You should have went there, done your stupid little fucking thing, you know. So anyway, I, I didn't want to say give a round of applause for the third time because that just indicates bombing and needing some kind of noise. 
but I do this joke about how bad the parking is in this mall, and it really is the worst parking situation of any mall in America. I'm not even kidding. So normally people get it. So when I was doing it, but I didn't want to say, oh, give yourselves a round of applause for finding a parking space because I already said that, you know, about the sh- being at the show, live comedy show, and also what they do for work. So in my bombing, I start fucking up, and I'm like, um... I, what did I say? Oh my! God. I said, "Did you reward yourself for finding a spot?" Like I, my words didn't even make sense. It was the wor- It was so bad, right? And then I'm like, "All right, fuck this." Now you got to just do a joke that you know murders. Like now I'm on straight survival. Let's just get them, get them in a good mood, happy. I mean, get you know, I got my money. Let me just walk out of here. You know, it was just, it was like, it was, and I knew like there were a couple people. I was asking which guy was in charge. They were in suits, but they were just afraid, and it was an awful crowd. And you could tell they almost wished that there wasn't a comedian there. Then I start talking about buying a home or, or, you know, moving out of a condo. And this dude, the same dude or the same table that, the same table that, um, you know, like made a, like a quick, yeah, I'm a comedian too, yeah, ha, ha, like all this stupid asshole. One of them just yells, yeah, your mother. So I'm like, what? Like it's 5.30 in the afternoon and I'm up there for these people who deal with these fucking head injury I mean these, these mentally challenged people and I'm doing them and I go sir did you just say your mother to me I go like I'm here for you like I don't need to be here and and people were like quiet and weird and I found out after the set that that guy was fucked up in his head so nobody told me I didn't know like I didn't know so I started talking to this guy and then another guy said where are you from sir and he said something and like he didn't really talk right and I was like man I didn't understand that so maybe to these people now that I think back maybe these people think I'm trashing some fucking you know retarded dude or whatever and I don't I'm just like I didn't know you know so I'm just like man this is ridiculous so then some lady in front of him was just like not looking at me this older black woman was not looking at me just eating a wing and um and I was like, ma'am, you could care less what I'm saying still, huh, or whatever. And she was like, well, you know, what we don't like is you cursed. And I think I did say shit or bastard. And there was a five-year-old. She goes, you know, we got kids here. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't realize bastard was a... And nobody told me five-year-olds were going to be here. So anyway, the whole thing is just an absolute disaster. In a club that is like one of my home clubs, it's an amazing place. And I am just sitting there. And I mean, it's going bad. So then I try hitting them with a joke that I know works. I did a joke that murders everywhere undeniable joke and it got like chuckles and then I did another joke and like I'm just on like and then I told him like all right listen man if you guys aren't gonna laugh at that or if you guys are gonna like then I know it's you guys it's not me because this is like there's no way and then I kind of closed out and then my last joke my last joke got a really really nice laugh and I go sure sure at the end of this you know and I started to get a good joke you know a, a good laugh after that joke and then I just, you know, because of the club, and I love the owner, I love the manager and GM, and I really do. I'm not saying that kissing ass, and they're probably not listening to this podcast. And even if they were, I don't, I really don't care. Like, that's how I feel, you know, and I just was like, look, man, what you guys do, it really is commendable, blah, 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 and I just left, and I walked out, and I didn't even walk back in. I was already, and I was just like, I'm walking the fuck out of here. This is the worst I mean, it was so bad. Then some people were coming out and they were like, dude, man, that crowd was awful. You're funny as hell. Like people were coming out, like two or three people in a row came out to compliment me. But one lady was like, oh my God, you know, like that, you know, you were good. That was really painful to watch it, but you were really good. Like saying that the crowd was awful. And some other guys said it too. So I think people that really had good senses of humor, but I just think that like the way where it was, I mean, who it was and how it went down was just awful. And the slogan, oh, that's another joke I said off the top. I go, yeah, you know, I know the slogan of this is not a laughing matter, and then they hired me. I hope they're not trying to tell me something. Like, that's funny shit up front that I think nothing. And then the thing about the Ted Williams, nothing, and I'm keeping it clean, nothing. And then, like, the real, like, the great jokes that were, like, you know, tried and true, like, barely getting it. I mean, I'm not even kidding. I've never experienced in all the years I've been doing stand-up. I mean, it was awful. And, um, you know, it was was, was almost good to finally, like, to feel that way. Like to, 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 to find out that that can happen anytime. I mean, it's a reminder. You get knocked on your ass. It's like, you know, you're a, you're a boxer and you know, um, you know, I would, I, you know, I'll be honest. I consider myself right now. I would say that I'm a, I think I'm a really good stand up comedian. I, I don't think, you know, I don't think I'm great yet. I think I'll be great. You know, 
Um, but I, I think I'm, you know, I think I'm somebody that's really doing well and, and, and I'm a good comedian and, and, you know, like a good boxer or a good pitcher, you know, you're going to get rocked, you know, and even if it's out of my hands, like even though I looked at it and people were like, are you crazy? That's not even a real show. There wasn't even comedians there. They were there to give speeches about something serious and, you know, you were just to lighten the mood and like people were trying to, but I'm like, no, at the end of the day, like the shit went really bad and I have to take it and that's fine. You know, that's fine. I'm, I'm totally cool with it. You know, the people that liked it and got me were great and other than that that's fine you know but it, it was just it was refreshing to take that punch I guess I'm trying to say like I mean it was you know and I'm calling my friend I'm calling my friends up right after I call my wife I was like you don't even know what just happened now here's a here's a thing too you guys hear my voice in this podcast right now and I'm a little under the weather I don't feel too good but I am a thousand times better you know I at least have energy I can do stuff I was able to go out to the show tonight like if this was yesterday I probably you know might have had to cancel which I probably wouldn't have but you know I, I was sick enough too and so like I'm starting to feel it now um I have a really big audition I had a really big audition at nine o'clock after this disaster like really big and, and um, you know, for, on, on a couple of different levels for a couple of different reasons, especially to me. Uh, it's personal. It, it was just something that I needed to, you know, I needed to nail this thing. And I'm going down and I got to the city a little early. So uh, I stopped over uh, at the stand, uh, you know, which is my home club and my managers were there and everything. And, um, and I and I'm gonna just tell the whole story of the night so you guys could realize how fucking bad this was. So my stomach was killing me and I had to take a shit, right? Bad. Just because I, I, I don't know, I was getting sick and like, you know, I'm I'm on this diet, I'm drinking a ton of coffee, and I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. So I go to the stand and all the bathrooms are occupied. There's a ton of people because the show's supposed to be going on out there, right? So I'm going, holy shit. So they have an apartment upstairs at the stand. So I was like, I said to my manager, uh, David Kimowitz was there. I was like, Dave, man, can I can I get the keys? I just want to go upstairs. He's like, yeah, go upstairs, use the bathroom, relax, you know. So my, my audition's in like 45 minutes to an hour. So I go upstairs, and uh, the owner's brother is up there, and another comedian are up there. And the other comedian had just gotten out of, had just gotten out of the bathroom from a shower and I was like yeah dude I gotta I gotta use the bathroom so I go in the bathroom and I notice right away typical bachelor pad that there's no there's no toilet paper so I'm like yo like do you guys have and he's like no there's no toilet paper but you know there, there's you know I use baby wipes or like adult wipes he's like oh it's cleaner so I look and like that thing looks almost empty and then I look at the bowl and I'm not putting my ass on a bowl that's like not mine you know what I mean? Like, I don't put my ass, like, even if I go to, like, a stranger's house, like, if, if I went to my aunt's house, and there was a big party there, like, I put paper on the seat, like, I don't put my ass, I don't put my ass on somebody's, like, I don't do that, like, I won't put my ass cheeks on a bowl without, like, putting padding on it unless it's, my, like, mine, or, like, you know, my immediate family, like, blood relatives, I will, but if it's not a blood relative, I'm not putting my ass on it, you know, let alone a bachelor who's the brother of, uh, you know, of my, you know, I'm not doing it, so... I'm looking and there's nothing. And now my stomach is like rumbling because my brain is like, you're about to take a shit. So like my stomach is like, let's go. Let's get the process going. Sorry if you're eating, but uh, I'll, I'll try to make this quick. So I'm literally had to do one of those like aerial squats, but I tried like it was awful. So I'm doing that. Then I'm wiping my ass with these baby wipes and like, you know, I got myself clean, but like I like I have OCD and I like to be like super clean when I'm done. So like I didn't feel like I was so I had to get like like other other paper and and do that. And then I was so nuts and paranoid. I washed my hands. I went downstairs. The stand was open. I went back. I washed my hands downstairs at the stand again. So now I had this awful experience on stage. I'm rushing down to the city to get to this audition. OK, and then I have an awful shit experience when all I wanted to do was just sit down. Like, you ever, you ever go to the bathroom and it's, like, nice? Like, even if you use a hotel or something where, like, it's, like, dark and there's, like, candles and they have, like, a little dish of rocks. It doesn't even, like, the rocks don't even mean anything. They're not there to, like, help you or soothe you. There's just fucking rocks there. And you're like, man, this is, like, this is, like, a nice place to take a shit. Like, you could look around and, like, there's bricks on the wall. <laughs> you know? Like, it's just, like, one of those things. You know the ones with, like, the full door? It's closed, so nobody could look in or under, and just one of those things. Like, no, this was so opposite of that. Nothing peaceful about it. It couldn't have been more of a nightmare. So I'm like, this night, can this night get any worse? And my sickness is getting, my sickness is getting worse.
So now, you know, I'm cleaned up. I go over and um, the the um, the audition's at 9 o'clock at night at another comedy club. And I go down there and there's uh, 10 comedians doing the audition. And this is a callback audition. So this is like the final callback. And there's 10, 10 comedians. And I look on the list and guess what I'm going on the list, everybody? I'm going 10th. I'm going 10th. So I have to wait there the whole night, okay? And you know shows never run on time, and if comedians go long on their time. So I'm just sitting back there, and um, there were all comedians on the right, on the right of the, you know, like, it's like a room that has, like, the stage and the crowd in front of the stage, and then to the right are chairs and tables, and usually the comedian's about to go on sit there. So there's all these comedians, and all the comedian's managers are there. My manager was there, had a couple of clients, myself included, on the show, and I'm going last, and my managers are looking at me, and my manager was like, dude, do you need a, um, should we go to the store and get you, like, a vitamin C pack? I mean, this is... You know, this is big. You know, maybe we should give you like a quick like injection of, of vitamin C. I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm good. You're just sitting there. So I'm just sitting in the back. I'm just sitting in the back and just watching comedians go, comedians go. And crowd was kind of tight. Like they didn't let anybody like really like kill, you know, but whatever. It is what it is. And I'm just sitting back there and like halfway, three quarters away. My manager's looking at me and I'm just like my head's down. And I'm, I'm like, man, I got to just get the energy. I feel awful right now. And, um. You know, the judges were there. This is a big, big show. And uh, finally, the end of the night comes, and I'm the last comic. And, um, you know, the crowd is still there, still in it. Thank God nobody got up and left. And um, I go on stage, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I knocked it out of the park. I did. I knocked it out of the park, and I, I felt great about it. And I know that I did. Um, I've had this situation where I can have excuses and say certain things. Not the case now. I thought that I was polished. I thought that I was, you know, I seemed like a pro. I thought that I nailed my jokes. I thought that I totally controlled the fact that it was a tight crowd and I did go 10th and um, it was great. And I got off stage and my manager was like, that was great. And it seemed that, the, you know, the people that were there for the show, um, you know, thought so as well. And, and it was it was really good. So um, it was huge. And, and I know that the people that I needed to do well in front of saw what I did. And that felt good when you know in your heart what you did. And, um... I was elated, you know, because of everything I went through. And like we were joking around, calling it the um, the the Jordan flu game, you know, because it was a big showcase and I was sick and I just mustered it up. And um, that's what we were calling it. And my buddy Chris Lamberth, who's been on the podcast, um, he, uh, he he's a good dude, funny dude. He said it too. Like, you know, he's like, yeah, I didn't want to say anything to you before it, but like, that's what I was thinking, you know? And, um, cause I had told him how bad the first part of the night went and he, uh, you know, he was like, I guess he was going to say that, but, uh, by the way, check Chris's podcast out. He does one called the mundane festival and a uh, really funny, smart dude. And, um, he's a good friend of mine. He's been on the show. So, I, I, I was elated, you know, my managers were happy and I really know like it's a really good feeling to know you did that, what you, you did it the way you need to do it, you know, it, there's sometimes where it's like barely getting by or like doing okay, like would cut it, but like that's not the case, not for this and um, so I just left and I, I felt amazing, you know, and I was sick and me and we went out to eat. Me and David Kimmich went out to eat afterwards. We went to Koreatown. And we had Korean barbecue. And I'll tell you something. I ate beef and spicy pork that I would fucking stab somebody over if they tried to take mine. Like, that's how amazing. It was insane. Do yourself a favor. Go to Koreatown. You and a buddy, less than 100 bucks, will eat like lords. You will eat like gods. As I say, you will dine like gods at one of these places. You got to do it. So we do that, and like I'm sitting there, and we're just really happy about how things went. And regardless of the the, the overall outcome of of the night, like regardless of like what happens with the audition or not, is not really the point. The point is, you know, of course you want things to happen good with it, but with anything that you do. But it was just a fact that, you know, going last and feeling like shit and having the night that I had. And I realized, like, that's comedy, man. That That is comedy in a nutshell. That's the business. You know? You go, you write your jokes, you, you believe in yourself. Sometimes things go your way. For the most part, if you have your T's crossed, your I's dotted, they do go your way. Because you're prepared, you're a professional, you have experience. But sometimes it's not the case. But it was just one of those things where it was like, man... 
talk about each side of the pendulum. Like it was both sides of just nightmare disaster and just feeling great and being elated and showing the people that you really wanted to show what you could do. You know, you did. And it was all within this, you know, and I just came home and my wife, I told my wife and and it was great. And I passed out and I woke up like feeling like such shit, but like that was the cool part. And, um, yeah, that's what happened. So that's the story. And I'll tell you how you know it was a good story because right now I just hit 35 minutes in and I barely talked about anything except two comedy things that happened recently. So you're welcome, new listeners. Yeah, I know. You're going to subscribe now. You better. And leave a comment on iTunes. Fuzzy Effect Podcast Show, episode 111. Here we go. What else do we got? Um, the diet is going well, guys. Okay. No secrets. Like I said, I've literally cut out probably 85 to 90% of the carbohydrates that I put in my body. Just doing that alone and not drinking soda and cutting back on cheese. Those three things. Cut back on cheese, no soda, and literally only do like one meal of carbs with that are very little a day. And you could still eat great. You could eat a bunch of chicken. You could eat all kinds of meats. You could do all that shit. Just watch the bread. And if you're going to go bread, go like a wrap here or there. But my body is shrinking. I feel good. You know, uh, fitting into clothes better. And it's, it's, it's going really well. Something that I forgot to say on the last podcast, which was absolutely f- so funny, and it happened right before I did the podcast, and I wrote it down. I wrote it down, and I was like, you got to say this, it just happened. And for some reason, I, I, I looked at my, I looked, and I was like, oh my God, I didn't even mention that. So I went to Dunkin' Donuts, and when I get at Dunkin' Donuts, is what I wanted to get was I wanted to get the egg white with the turkey sausage without the bread. So I was going to say, instead of getting an English muffin, let me just get two egg white with turkey sausage and take out all four pieces of bread, throw them out and just eat the egg whites and the turkey sausage and get like a juice, healthy, all that stuff. So I go in there and this kid working behind the thing was like, I was like, yeah, can I get the egg whites? But I was like, can you do the egg white with the turkey thing? And I I don't want any cheese. And I I think he could tell that I was kind of doing something with nutrition. And I was like, yeah, or I said to him, I was like, yeah, I'm trying to go really light on carbs. And he just looked at me and he was like so funny and down to earth. And he just goes, he goes, dude, why are you here? And I go, what? I go, no, because I just want the egg whites. He goes, dude, no, what? And then I was like, well, how about we do this? And he's just like, dude, seriously, like, why are you even in here? He goes, go across the street to the supermarket, go get turkey, go get, and he starts like listing these things. And I'm thinking to myself, if the manager is here, he would be like fired, but it was the most honest and funny thing. And then, like, he realized that I didn't want to leave. I was like, I wanted to, like, look, dude, I'm lazy. I'm going to get something here. So, and then, like, he helped me out, and I got, like, no cheese, and I got this turkey sausage and this egg white thing, and it was fine. But it was just really funny because he goes, dude, you got to leave. Like, I think at one point he goes, dude, you should just leave. Like, you got to go over there. Why are you here? It was really funny. It would have been funny in a, in a comedy movie because it was just really honest. Uh, I was laughing at that. All right. Now, got some big news, everybody. You guys know how I told you the story about the house. Well, um, I did search at night and I couldn't sleep, like I said, and I, 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 I looked for another house and we went in and we saw those three houses that were amazing. My wife and I decided on a house. We put a bid in and of course we found out that there were four other bids in on this house in two days. This house is a beautiful it's amazing it's on a hill you could see the sunsets on the mountain you're on top of everything um it's it's insane it's on a ton of land it was completely redone it's fucking awesome like it's amazing and um long story short we got that we got a better offer we have more money down we got a better offer uh, i mean our offer was better i should say we had the inspection today which went phenomenal like to the point where the guy's like, I can't even find anything. Like this guy was so detailed and did great. He's like, the roof on this house is good for at least another 10 years. The furnace and all that, almost another 10 years. Everything was done. The house is clean. Um, it was just amazing. And the owner was there and I saw it and we knew it. And, and it's like you said, when you look at somebody who, who owned a used car, had owned a car and you're going to buy a used car and you see how they take care of it. The other house would have been a nightmare. My wife and I like, you know, Got the chills with this place. It's amazing. So I'm excited. And uh, we got the house. So we got to see. I mean, it's not done. about to go into contract now. But, 
you know, so anybody out there, I'm telling you, don't rush. And it is true. You will know. You will walk in and go, holy shit, I can live here. This would be fucking amazing. Don't just be like, oh, we need a house. And this is kind of what I thought it would be. But, you know, oh, we could do some work. You're not going to do work. You're not going to do work. It's going to take forever. You're not going to do extra shit to it as quickly as you think you are. You're not going to put in new floors. You're not going to do it. Move into a fucking house that's going to save you a lot of money and that's new and fresh and clean and all that stuff. Don't take on projects. That's how I, that's how I look at it. Like, why make life harder? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, all right, so I will keep you guys updated on that stuff, but it was just... It's been a really up and down week, guys. I'm not going to lie. And my wife is going to Las Vegas in the morning at 8.30 in the morning. She's leaving here in about eight hours. And she's going to Vegas for six days. And it's going to be me and the little ones. And I'm going to have to try to get on stage and make that work by maybe dropping the kids to my mom's, running into the city, doing a set, coming up. Going to have to get a couple of sets in here because you, I can't go six days without getting up. But luckily, I'm not too busy during this this span, and I am sick. So if there was ever a time for her to go away, go away. I guess it is now. Um, but I just feel that uh, I don't know. I just feel like it, I just you know when you just know like man, I hope this week goes better, or like just like I'm just glad that this shit is done and over, and it's just been a weird. I gotta tell you, May has been weird. It's just been weird. And speaking of that, this is a perfect lead-in for New York Knicks basketball, 41 minutes in. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. I hope my congested voice isn't too annoying. I'm trying to do the best I can with it. Okay, but what would you, you want me to do? Not do a Versi Effect podcast? No, you didn't. You didn't want me to not do that. All right. Here we go. New York Knicks basketball against the Indiana Pacers. I had predicted the New York Knicks would win this series in seven. Did I not? I did. And then I saw game three, everybody. And after game three, I said the Knicks can't win this series. And the reason why is because it looked to me like the Pacers out-hustled them, want it more, and are just a better coached, more intense team. Unfortunately, the Knicks are the more talented team, but that doesn't matter sometimes because you can have the most talented singer, you can have the most talented comedian, you can have the most talented athlete. If the work doesn't get put in, it doesn't fucking matter. And that's that's exactly what I saw in game three. Tyler Hansborough running out of bounds, throwing the ball, you know, like Tyson Chandler waiting that one extra second, it will kill you, and it killed him. Now, the Knicks did show me last night in game five, that, you know what, if they if they match the Pacers, see, here's the thing, which is frustrating with the Knicks, it's frustrating with any team, when you match the team's intensity, you're better, you have better scores, Carmelo Anthony is one of the most, one of the most prolific scores in the NBA, he's one of the best players off the dribble I've ever fucking seen in my life, okay, he, he, he could run around those, he could run around Roy Hibbert if he's standing in the middle, by the way, Roy Hibbert is one of the biggest fucking human beings I've ever witnessed. That guy, he's like seven two, but if you like, he, he he's literally like he's like he could be on that show Freak Show. He's just a he's just it's ridiculous how big he is. But you know, and they're out rebounding us probably because they have nine feet giants on the team. But they're out rebounding us, and especially on the offensive glass. But it's just frustrating because you know you have these amazing athletes. You know you have these amazing scorers on the team, and it just seems like they're they're not they're not doing it. Like they're not doing it unless they're home. You got to do it on the road once. And now's their time. And I tweeted this yesterday. I said, "Look, the New York Knicks are one road win away. The New York Knicks are one road win away from hosting a Game Seven to go to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Heat. I mean, if you told me that at the beginning of the year, yeah, the Knicks got to win a Game Six in Indiana, and then they'll have a chance for set to go seven at Madison Square Garden to get to the Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, I would take it. So you got to go in there tomorrow, and you got to, you know, I mean, I hope I'm right. My my initial in seven was right. But just the way it looks, man, and the way that the Pacers hustle, it just doesn't look, and it's frustrating. J.R. Smith couldn't throw it in the ocean. He couldn't throw the ball in the fucking ocean the other night. 
so frustrating to just every time the Knicks had an open look, they would shoot it and they would miss. And then they get home last night and they shot much better. Iman Shumpert is, is gangster. Our perimeter defense is ridiculous. I'm loving that kid. That kid is awesome. That kid is awesome. I think he's like all around. Like he's all around probably the best basketball player. I know that sounds crazy. People are like, what are you talking about, Carmelo Anthony? I'm saying all around basketball player. Defense, you know, hustle. Uh, his offensive game is pretty good. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, listen, if, if I'm a coach, I'm taking Melo, of course, because of his scoring. But Shumpert is, is, is great, and he's only going to get better. And you could tell that his knee is really starting to not be an issue. You know, I think after a big injury like that, it takes a while. I think he's coming into his own with the whole with, with being back-back. So we'll see. You know, I'm going to be a mess from 8 o'clock. to You know, and look, it's been a decent season. It would have been a great season if they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. If they lose and get knocked out, fine. Look, I'm watching Knicks basketball in the middle of May. You know, there's only a couple of weeks left until the whole thing is over and the Knicks have been there and they won 50-something games. Great job, whatever. But, I mean, if they, they would really lift me up tomorrow. If they if they won that game tomorrow, I would be really fucking happy. And uh, Willie in uh, Ottawa. I believe it's Ottawa. I don't, not Ontario. Don't get mad at me, Willie. I believe Ottawa, Canada, you said. But I'm loving that you're a Knicks fan right now, buddy. Okay, and I hope you're feeling better. That's number one. I hope you're feeling better. I hope you're into the Knicks series. And anytime I come out and I'm and I'm performing near you, you know you got a free ticket anytime, brother, okay? But my nutty Knicks shit is getting people who are even out of the country into them and I'm loving it. And it's been you know, it's been hard. The Knicks won in nineteen seventy three. Nineteen seventy and then nineteen seventy three are their only two championships. I was born in nineteen seventy eight. So I mean, I've watched the Yankees, we've watched the Giants. Oh my god, the gig tonight was so fuck so much hell that I just started talking about the Giants. I just start, I I'm I'm not, I'm I'm not doing this shit anymore. I, I, I can't believe I, I fucking had to go through what I went through tonight. It, I'm, I'm sitting there, and there's like a loud band next to me, and there's like people just. It was it was, it was like it was like performing at a tailgate party. It was like trying to hush down a tailgate party. I mean, a little better than that because some people sitting, but like imagine a tailgate party where there are tables and chairs, and when the show started, a bunch of people walked up to the tables and chairs and leaned forward and listened, but the people in the back could give a shit what you were saying. Like that's I mean, I, like that is literally when you're doing comedy for two three years. And again, I know the Booker didn't know it was going to happen like that, and 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 would never do that on purpose. I think it just happened to be a bad like a bad situation. But holy shit! And I know some of you think, oh, were you spoiled? Yeah, you're spoiled because, you know, you've done big venues and, you know, that's comedy. No, I understand that. I'm not spoiled. I've done fucking hell. I've stood in people's living rooms and used an empty Corona bottle as a microphone while people were sitting on a couch. I've done everything. I've been in the ghetto in all black bars where the ceilings were like sagging down, talking about black women's asses being big, you know, in, in a fucking ghetto. Like I've done, I've done everything you could imagine I've done. You know, so it's not that. It's just that there comes a time where it's like, whatever, whatever. I'm, I'm sounding like a complaining asshole, and I'm not trying to. I'm just, I'm pissed, I'm tired, I'm sick. And I'm still giving you people a show. And I'll be honest with you, I think it's a pretty good damn show I'm giving. 48 minutes in, I still have, you know, more shit to talk about. I mean, what more do you people want from me? You guys are the best, though, man. I swear to God, I think the Verzi Effect, the Verzi Effect podcast fans are the coolest. You know why? Because the shit you guys say in your messages to me, you guys pick up the little detail things. Like there are certain times I say something or I'll ask a question, but you guys get it. You guys ask right away, man. It's awesome. People were asking me. Um, I believe it was David. David, if you're listening, thank you. I got your message about the microphones and stuff. As a matter of fact, that one microphone, the the Meteor mic, that's what I'm using now. But I just don't know. I want to know if my MacBook can have two of them and, and have two of them both on and act, acting at the same time. So if any of you guys know that, like what I want to do is I want to have guests on. And instead of us sitting around, you know, around the one mic or, you know, doing that, like we're sitting around a fucking campfire, we can put in another mic 
or whether it's the media mic or not, and move that over and then be able to sit far away from each other and talk if that's something that can happen. I don't know. I'm not into that, but if any of you guys know, please please let me know. Now, I saw a movie the other night that has a cult following. It's a huge movie. Um, I've always seen it in bits and pieces, but I've actually finally, for the first time, got to see it in its entirety, and it was um, The Big Lebowski with Jeff Bridges and John Goodman. And I really got into it, and I really liked it. But I just, I realized that I just think the ending wasn't a big enough payoff. Like, I wanted, like, all these things were happening, and then it kind of was just like, whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong, good movie. Not, I know some of you are like, are you going to trash The Big Lebowski? No, I'm not going to trash The Big Lebowski. I know it was a good movie, great acting, all that stuff. I just, it didn't have... Think about this. When is the last time you saw a movie that you were so moved and touched... That all you could do is think about it that night, the next day, and have to call all your friends and tell them about it. That happens so rarely, and for the price movies are, for what movies cost to make and for what the what the movie costs to go to, you don't get that enough. You don't get it enough. I mean, superhero movies, you got to watch some fucking guy in tights flying around and doing all kinds of crazy shit to even kind of go and, and be remotely like, oh, that was cool. My son's four years old. By the time my son is going to movies, could you imagine? They're gonna like it's gonna make like Iron Man one, two, and three look like Charlie Chaplin in a fucking silent film. <coughs> you know, he's gonna be like, "Oh my god, look at that! Look at me! Remember that 3D they had?" Because like, look at when we look at 3D now. When we look at 3D back when we were kids, it was people with those those cheap paper glasses, and it had like the blue and the red eyes that were like. You know, kind of like that crunchy paper or whatever. And, you know, and it was just awful. And now it's like really good. But what's going to happen when when the next generation comes up? Get punched in the face in the movie. Imagine you just left holding your eye. You had a bloody nose. You got the shit kicked out of you. <laughs> All right, I'm getting tired. And I can't laugh because it hurts to laugh. So, um, but you know what? I think there's a reason why. I say on my podcast, I'm going to watch movies and then I kind of don't get around to them because there's really nothing that, like, if I have to search for something that's just dope, like so, something dope, like if I have to just search for something that's amazing and then like, oh guys, I saw this movie, you know, you got to go to Chinatown and get through an alleyway to get to the theater that shows it, but this movie, that, if that's happening, then it's nothing like, I am pray to God. Just before Martin Scorsese and De Niro and Pesci get too old to even walk, I need one more Big Mob movie from them. It would just be amazing. Just one more Goodfellas or Casino. Just find a story. They can do it. Find a story, whether it's about John Gotti or something. Please. There's nothing better than watching Joe Pesci tell somebody he's going to take them by their head and throw them through a wall or, like, or then just shoot them. There's nothing better than that. I'm waiting for that. I want to see that really badly. Uh, but I, I, you know, I am utilizing. I don't have HBO, but I have the other movies. I have like Encore and Stars and Showtime and all that. And I've been watching it. And you know, oh, I did see this one movie. You guys see this one? I'm not even. I'm not like I did. Actually, did go through and I watched. Do you ever watch this movie, The Perfect Host? Pretty freaky, insanely entertaining. Where a guy who like robbed a bank breaks into this gets into this guy's house and the guy's acting really nice to him and then the guy he happens to break into a crazy guy's house so even though guy the guy the guy has like all these personalities and like, you got to just watch it it's pretty nuts and sick if you ever you're around it's on showtime a lot it's called the perfect host i thought it was interesting it was pretty cool uh but that's all i got for movies and um i will be back with the new uh, new release matter of fact my buddy chris lamberth uh, it, and I are probably going to go, we're going to go see something, uh, we're going to go see something soon, so I'll probably, maybe, you know, I'm going to have him on the show, we'll talk about movies again, but, uh, if, if I just go to some movies with him, I'm rambling right now, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, I'm getting tired, I gotta take this night medicine and go to bed, um, we're going to see something and I'll talk about it on the next show for sure. Because I'm going to be away, uh, I mean my wife's going to be away, and uh, one of these nights I'm going to escape to a theater and I will give you a review. Alright, plugs for the week, plugs for the week, here we go, 
Uh, this tomorrow at midnight, I will be at the stand, and then I am just going to be running around with my kids and trying to run in and do guest spots for a short set. So, um, and then next weekend, I will be at. Where will I be on the 24th? I am at the stand. Yeah, I'm at Stand Up New York on the 28th. I'm at the stand on the 24th. And on the 25th, I am at... I am performing at the Poconos. I will be performing at the White Trash Resort. There's nothing more depressing than going to the fucking Poconos and thinking it's going to be a good time. It's like a, It's like a carnival cruise in the woods. It's the shittiest... It's the shittiest... You got to sit at a big table with strangers and go to that buff- that salad buffet first. And oh my god, I don't know if I ever told the story on the podcast, so I'll tell it real quick now. I, I real quick, we went to the Poconos one time. We thought it would be romantic with those stupid round beds that I would have been more comfortable on a bed of nails than this piece of shit bed and and that stupid disgusting jacuzzi that they had there. That some fat prick from fucking Harrisburg probably jerked off in, and you're sitting there with you're sitting there with bubbles. It's just the worst thing ever. Uh, is Harrisburg even in PA? I think it is. But it, you know, you go there, and oh, it was just awful. And we wanted to drive golf balls, and like the driving range was there's was just a hill, like a brown hill, just a shitty brown hill. The most fun we had was going into the the basketball court and shooting around because we were alone and just laughing in there. And then we went to dinner and everybody's got to share. Like when you're on a cruise sometimes, unless you ask. By the way, if you're on a cruise, you have to request just a table for you. But one of those like big tables where like you sit with strangers. And this guy, like this white trash couple was there. And this guy had tattoos all over his arms. And he was with some woman. And it was so low class that he actually said something to her. And he was like, "Hey, you want to get sm- you want to get wrapped in the mouth?" Like it was just so white trash that you could tell that, that that guy like walks around with a wife beater and really does beat his wife. And I swear to God, I'm not making this up. He said something to me, and my wife had to hold back from laughing. Somebody asked a question, and he goes, "I don't know, man. Why don't you ask her?" And he points to his wife, who you could tell was a sweetheart, but dumb as a sack of marbles. And he goes, uh, "Why don't you ask her? She's the one with the associate's degree." And he was dead serious. Like, he put her on a pedestal for having an associate's degree. Like, oh, really? What are you doing? She's like a kindergarten teacher. I, I think you even need more credits now. It was the worst. It, it was just, it was the worst. So anyway, I'm going to be performing for those animals um, next Saturday night. And for more shows and all that stuff, you can check. Um, I'm actually going to be updating my, I will be updating my, um, website www.paulverzi.com for all new dates and I have some dates that are going to be coming up out of state too um, got some new dates in June and July also um, some dates in uh, September that are coming up and a cool announcement another thing another big cool thing that's going to be going on with some dates in um, late July into the beginning of August so all that stuff will be up soon and I will announce it on here again I appreciate you guys so much, and um, I'll, I'll give you guys unacceptable for the week. I, the perfect way to do it is unacceptable for the week is put, doing a comedy show in a, in, a, in a bar. It's just unacceptable. Unacceptable for the week is putting on a comedy show in a gigantic sports bar during playoff season with flat screens on and loud people everywhere. It is unacceptable and not conducive with comedy. There you go. So you got your sports, you got a little bit of your movies, you got all the other stuff at the beginning, you got the stories. I mean, go Knicks. Oh my God, if the Knicks win tomorrow, just know this right now. If the Knicks win tomorrow, me and Willie are going to be happy. I'll leave it at that. If J.R. Smith can hit a fucking shot and the Knicks can play some defense. To all the Nick fans, all the real Nick fans listening to the Verzi Effect, come on, one time tomorrow night, one time. And if we do go down, let's just go down in a great game and a great effort. This way I don't have to scream at the TV and have my kids think there's something wrong with me. So that's it. Follow me at Twitter. I mean, Jesus, I am, yeah, this is, I should, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I should have probably tapped out of this one five minutes ago. Follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi. That is at Paul, 
V-I-R-Z-I. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate it. Until next time, which will be episode 112. Please answer that question if you know it. If I take another meteor mic, another mic, and I have another um, another outlet to put it in in the laptop, can I have both of them on if they're far away? If anybody knows that, that would be really helpful to me. Okay? And please, uh, guys, Butterfly Radio, download the app, send me some messages, and I will get back to you on them. Okay? As a matter of fact, how about while everybody is here right now, I am going to stop, I'm going to pause this without you guys knowing it, I'm going to listen and make sure nobody gave me a butterfly radio during this, and then I'm going to come back on and say goodnight, and we just hit an hour, alright, one second, okay, well, I'm back, and of course my phone is dead, so I wouldn't be able to check it, and I realized that you guys, I thought you guys would almost be waiting, but you wouldn't be waiting because I had it on pause, but whatever, I, I will get to any of those messages if they're on there, but I don't think there are. I think I've responded to the last ones, just trying to be on top of it more. But please download the free app on Butterfly Radio. Thanks, everybody. Till episode 112, I'm out of here. Go Knicks.